good Saturday afternoon to all of you paying attention to what's going on in the world of draft craft. It's Dan, it's JP. If it sounds a little different, it's because we're back in the basement at JP's place. We've got Huskies beneath us. We've got football on the brain and a little bit of beer as well. And you're not going to believe this, but we also went out and had another atrocious round of golf. That may be an understatement. <laughs> Just saying. It was bad. But I did figure out my driver a little bit. Yeah, you're getting a little better with that. And then uh, I'm sitting over here just trying to, you know, figure out what in the world went on out there for me today. It was it was a scatterbrained pile of craziness. We did get to drink some good beer. We did. We had several good beers while we were out there. And we'll talk about those a little bit later. Also, happy Oktoberfest to those of you celebrating that. That just started up today. So looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. And we have got ourselves a little Oktoberfest war, if you will, battle yeah, of Yeah, we got to get that coming up here pretty quick. That we're, and the, the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, don't worry. Those are both coming up in the next few weeks. We definitely have to get Oktoberfest done before Oktoberfest gets done in like four days into October just because of how they work out that uh, that schedule with the way they do the festival these days over there in Munich. Just glad to see people being able to get back to it again now that uh, after two years of not having anything. But we'll get to the beer talk in a little bit. I think we need to talk a little bit about football because the whole plan was this was going to be our preview show for the NFL and college football. But it's, you know, 4.30 as we're starting this sucker up, which means half the college football day is already over. So maybe it's a little bit of a preview cap kind of a thing. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I think you wanted to say some words about Michigan, but let's start off things. Uh, on the coast, we'll go alphabetical order through the uh, conferences. So the ACC, what has uh, something you're looking forward to out of all of that craziness? Oh, man. Well, first things first, uh, man, I feel for Brian Brees, man. Did you hear what happened <laughs> in his family? It is. It's crazy when you have some kind of tragedy like that happen in the family with uh, Brian Brees' sister uh, tragically dying. So uh, thoughts and uh, prayers obviously out to that family and the whole Clemson family. Uh, I would not be surprised if he doesn't play tonight. As somebody who's lost a family member in a, in a pretty crazy way, it, it does mess with you. And so he's obviously going to take your time to dude, get right and then come back out when you're ready for it. I know your sister might want you to play tonight, but it's okay if you don't. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the decision's his. I mean, if he doesn't play, that's fine. If he does play, then damn, go out there and play for her. But, mm-hmm. I mean, either way, I'm pretty sure Clemson's going to probably destroy Louisiana Tech. Yeah. So... Well, hey, Again, if Brian's probably, out there. They don't necessarily need him for that game, no, no offense. Uh, if he is out there, tech, I can imagine some some rage will be, you know, some righteous rage will be going out against the, yeah. <laughs> the Louisiana Tech boys. So the other big game for the ACC is Miami going out to Texas A&M, which seemed like a bigger game last weekend before Texas A&M stumbled against uh, Appalachian State, but it still is a big game, still a chance for Miami to prove themselves as they're kind of getting back to being the U, so to speak. And, again, a chance for Texas A&M to right the ship, so to speak. Yeah, that's fair. Who do you got in that game? Who do you think is going to win? Oof. I think mm, it's tough. I think Texas A&M will find a way to win the game because – I think so, too, but is Miami back? Miami's on the verge of back. If they win tonight, this is one of those games where if they win tonight, people are going to start talking about them being fully back. And the ACC – is looking relatively open right now when you think about it. There's Clemson that everyone has at the top, but they're kind of a bit of a paper tiger, if you Did, will, at the moment. Don't forget about this Wolfpack. Well, right. NC State. They got Wake a solid Forest. game, too. I yeah. mean, I know they're 10-point favorites, but, I mean, Texas Tech isn't a team they can necessarily just overlook. But no, Wolfpack's, the Wolfpack's solid. Yeah, and so that, uh, that'll be a couple of fun ones. Uh, and again, in a, in a weekend that, as we've looked at the schedules, does not exactly look daunting for most programs that are out there. A couple of teams have already knocked things out in uh, in a couple of those conferences. So while we're talking about that, let's switch over to the Big 12 then. Real quick, though, I just got to I got to give a quick shout-out because the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in the ACC here, how did they sneak up on me? I did not know they were ranked 19th. Um, and then I just noticed mm-hmm. that they have, like, three different QBs they've used. I know Hartman's <laughs> back. He had the blood clot in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's back. But um, did you see the – uh, wide receiver they had. I was just kind of poking around trying to see if there's anybody out there performing that we didn't really. It wasn't really on our radar. I've not been paying attention. Uh, At yeah. Perry, man, he's a yeah. wide receiver there. He's six foot five, two oh five. He's already got close to ten grabs and like two hundred yards and a touchdown. But he's a big, all right, bit, one of the big fellas out there making some moves. Might be a guy that uh, we might have to pay a little more attention to. Definitely. And uh, you mentioned the quarterback note. Uh, one of the interesting situations for them at quarterback, these guys probably aren't playing anytime soon, but they have a guy named Brett Griffiths and a guy named Mitch Griffiths, who are both hmm. freshmen, both from Ashburn, Virginia. I'm fairly confident the Demon Deacons have got twin quarterbacks on their roster right now. It would have to be. That last name can't be. 
in the same yeah. same year, same city, et cetera. So that's uh, that's another fun little development. We'll see what happens with Wake Forest. Maybe they trot out the two uh, the two uh, twins at quarterback at the same time and do some weird double headed backfield craziness. But that's we're getting off into, into the weeds a little bit there. But yeah. shifting and none again. of the games we talked about so far have even occurred yet. Right, so. exactly. So we're we're good on that. Uh, yeah. We can jump over to the Big 12 games, again, that we're looking forward to tonight, that big one with Texas Tech, NC State. Other than that, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, the games I are do going think on. the Wolfpack get that. There's a good chance. I mean, they're at home. That's a huge, huge yeah. step whenever you get a chance to play a game like that at home. Uh, Texas Tech is, you know, has turned a few heads here and there, but I don't think they're quite at that level yet. So looking for NC State to win that game. There's nothing much else going on in the Big 12. Well, I mean, 12. What, do you th- what do you even think about? Like, what's your take on Texas all of a sudden? Like, are – Hey, here's the thing. Carter's nice. not going to do the same thing as yours, and I mean, no. they're a really good team. But I mean, I just don't know. Like, even I'm a fan of Texas, sure. and even my excitement's kind of like a wash, if you will. Well, You'd got... hate to just write off the season, but I mean, man, they were capable of doing so much <laughs> more damage this year. Yeah, and they've got a uh, a couple winnable games in front of them with playing uh, UTSA. Then they then they get into the conference schedule mm-hmm. with yeah, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech, West yeah. Virginia, yeah. and then and then the Oklahoma game. The, the Red River is the big one at that point. Uh, and so yeah, I don't think you can write off the season, but I think you can probably you know lower your your focus from a national championship potential you know playoff spot to more like a, can we win our conference maybe. And so they're definitely a, a tier below some of the other schools right now. And, of course, one of those tiers is where Oklahoma is sitting right now as the Sooners destroyed Nebraska today, 49-14. So, by the way, Nebraska, I guess getting rid of Scott Frost wasn't the only thing you needed to fix there. So that's a program that's uh, going to have some challenges in front of them. And apparently one of their challenges might be trying to coax Urban Meyer out of retirement. Gross. I know. I don't think it's going to happen, but they did reach out to him. They're, they're going to reach out to everybody. But I don't think there's really anything else worth talking about in the Big 12 right now. No offense well, to those guys. May, maybe Richard Reese. Okay. That game's already occurred. I mean, I know it wasn't a big matchup today, but uh, Baylor, had they, they they won by a significant margin today, and it was mostly mm. done on the ground all via Richard Reese. Yeah, 156 so. yards for him. Nice day for him. Uh, but, again, against Texas State, I'm not going to put a ton of, you know. I'm not saying it wasn't a good win. It's a good win. But also, it's against yeah. Texas State. Yeah, that was a game. Figure to throw, to dominate, figure throw so. it in there, right? The big game out in the Pac-12 right now is what's going on at the moment. So we can preview it since it hasn't gotten too far down the track. But that's uh, BYU and Oregon. And he got in that one. Seems so it's not too far in. I'm I'm going the Cougs as much as. Uh, Are you really? I know. As much as I do believe that Oregon is better than the uh, first game they had. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Oregon all the way. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, do you want to get a little heads up on where we're at with the game right now? As of right this moment. I don't even know the score. According to ESPN, at. it's what, 11.40 left in the second, and it's 17-7 Oregon right now. So. Oh, well, there you have it. Yeah, but still a lot of football to play there and a lot of time for and BYU to come back. They are playing at Oregon, and home field advantage still does matter. That's why I'm going Oregon, for right. sure. Home field advantage still does matter. Uh, the other big game, I think, outside of California and Notre Dame, because, you know, it'll be fun to see if Notre Dame can win a game this year. They're, oh, they're man. Going. I'm kidding. But the other one is Michigan State out there at Washington, where the 11th-ranked team in the country it's is somehow a, an underdog. a three-point underdog in this game. I don't understand that. I mean, Washington's, you know, a little bit cheeky. I was talking about them at the at the beginning of the year. Well, you got in that one tonight. My God, I mean, eh, I still think Sparty figures out a way to win the game. I think they do, too. But Washington— It all depends on Peyton Thorne, though. Well, Peyton the teams Thorne, are literally ride or die with him. They have a solid right. defense. They can get some. They got some solid running backs, but man, right. Well, Peyton Thorne on one side, and then Michael Penix Jr. on the other side, because he is a guy that was dynamic two seasons ago with Indiana. Had a rough year last year because everybody in Indiana had a rough year last year. But he's starting off well for Washington this year. Could be interesting to see if he's going to show up and uh, and show out the way he did against a team he's familiar with potentially. But that game is this evening. And so we'll see what happens between Michigan State and Washington. SEC land, this just in, Georgia's good. <laughs> Breaking news, right? Yeah, but again, the big oh, the big man. note uh, there that you'll be happy about. My boy. Brock. Dude. Bowser. I'm just calling him Bowser. The Bowser, yeah, man. Yeah, it's not Brock. It's not Bowers. He's just Bowser. He's just out there just crushing people. 121 yards. Did you see the toe tap? Oh, yeah. I mean, the dude can toe tap. The dude can run speed? guys over. When he yeah. just ran away from the entire team. <laughs> 
He will be the first tight end off the board whenever he chooses to actually it's come out. It's a good out. chance next year when we do our little I draft the player, you draft the player, he so might we can assemble a better team. <laughs> yeah, he might be my first pick. I've been saying it all the time. Yeah, well, it, it depends who gets to him. We'll go from there. I saw the first game he played like last year, and I think I immediately called you, and I was like, mm-hmm. yo, turn on this Georgia game. Mm-hmm. This kid's different. Yep. And you're like, what do you, who? <laughs> and I told you, and you're like, he's a fresh you've seen like five minutes of him like i, I yeah i know it's different dude you remember that day yeah yeah and then i remember very, watching very him like, much different yeah i remember watching him like i see i see what you mean uh popping over to the sec again other that big game with texas and miami everybody else has got relatively easy matchups except for penn state going to auburn that's probably the other one that has a uh, some some coin flip potential to it so to speak uh, the the Nittany Lions are favored in that game, but uh, Auburn always a tough place to play, so maybe something can happen there. But yeah, Georgia beat South Carolina forty eight to seven, crushed them. So just in case you were wondering about whether or not Georgia was earning that Kentucky, number one ranking, it put the smackdown on a you know I don't know Ohio school nobody. Yeah, I don't know Ohio school Youngstown State I couldn't know. hang. It's just funny. former like, former place uh, uh, former uh, employer of Jim Tressel. I've been dogging Michigan for this schedule they have this year, but I feel a like lot of everybody's playing nobody. A lot of teams year. are not stressing themselves. I mean, Alabama had Texas. Missouri so. barely got their win today when they were essentially playing nobody. Yeah, Abilene well. Christian. I was they also they also got their butts kicked by Kansas State last week. Missouri's not somebody we're expecting to contend for the SEC title, but uh, other than that, like the 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 big games aren't really happening yet in that conference. I mean, it'll be a good question for uh, for Mr. Richardson there at Florida. See that, he can I literally back. just had that. I was you know had it yep. on my notes. I, the Florida and South Florida game, just seeing if he can bounce back. But mostly in that game, uh, I'm gonna be watching Dexter, man. <laughs> Guy's been playing crazy good. Yeah. He's he's a guy. I can't remember if one of us drafted him, but we should have for sure. Right. Yeah, so that'll be fun to see uh, where where we can go from there, and then we'll recap all of those games coming up. Obviously, when we're uh, we're getting to that show next week, is Irvin Dexter like going to be a lot like a top like lock for like top twenty pick in the draft? He's going to be at this point. There. I think he is. Well, and again, you know, we we always caution the overreaction to early season hype We should have got into like some that. of the players on this. Well, go for it. No, I just meant all around oh, uh, yeah. through through all these. We'll, we'll, maybe that's what we'll do moving forward. We'll, we'll get, get a slide back. Yeah, we got to slide. There's somebody you want to nah. talk about. Like, again, you know, we'll we talk about Miami and whether or not Van Dyke can continue to do what he's doing from a, a quarterbacking standpoint there with the U. So him, him showing up against a team like Texas A&M, since we're still talking about the SEC matchups, uh, could be a really nice – statement for him to step up and, and show out but uh yeah i mean hey talk about your florida boy you know well no I, we're good there he, he's playing <laughs> well a guy that i would like to circle back is one of the players you actually took I, mm-hmm. with yours being out i think it's like it's robinson time, it's gotta right? be john robinson i mean when you're mm-hmm. tuning into texas game you gotta it's all up to him now in my mind right and again that's the nice thing again for texas if you look at the way that their schedule plays out for them utsa this is gonna be one of those games where you can kind of reset the 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 team so to speak and get yourself straight up with houston card being able to come in there and and play well and then texas tech and west virginia but yeah i mean they would be it would be a good move for them or sorry hudson card but they, they would be a good move for them to lean on you know robinson and let him kind of give them a little bit of a foundation for an offense and then try to do some play action or something like that off of that. And if we're going to circle back and talk about players too, I mean, did you see the number one pick in our little game, Will Anderson Jr., get a pick six? <laughs> yeah, again. My goodness. This just in, Will Anderson Jr. Yes, he's a good beast. He's, he's everywhere good and nowhere. And I also nebulous. kind of want to see, like, when's that Notre, the Notre Dame game going right now, right? That's tonight. Oh, I thought that was getting ready to kick off. No, time. I'll be Dame. curious to see Michael Mayer. I want to see what's mm-hmm. going on with him. Oh, you're right. Sorry, it is on right now. I'm just kidding. This is what ah, happens when I bounce see? around looking at too many different games. It's 14 to 10 right now. Notre Dame up on Cal uh, with 9:14 left in the third. So for some reason, I thought they were an evening game too. There you go. Pay attention to details, eh? Yeah, yeah. I say, like I say, like moving forward, we have to make it a point to like talk about some of these prospects as we well, get through these while we're at it let's get into the big 10 and some prospects i think you've got some words about some michigan guys man 
you already know that and <laughs> I had this planned ahead of time. It's mm-hmm. like we're gonna see two weeks in a row, we're gonna find out that JJ McCarthy is absolute truth. <laughs> and I've already seen the game, obviously. We were mm-hmm. watching that while we were playing a horrendous round of golf. Yep. But um you know, he didn't get any touchdowns or anything today. But the guy, like, he doesn't the ball doesn't <laughs> hit the ground. Right. You know, like he he just completes passes he hits everybody in the windows i mean he's what he drive three incomplete passes yep. today that's it yeah 15 18 for 214 yards and you're like why do you only throw for 214 yards yeah yeah because you didn't have to and because blake Corum had five touchdowns on 12 carries and then the ball. yeah so last week he had what one incompletion through mm-hmm. 12 passes so 27 passes so he's what 23 for 27 for like 500 yards and three touchdowns it's a good start it's he been have against been starting the entire uh, time. Yeah, it's been against two pretty average teams, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a it's a good start. Now, the one thing I can tell you, this will help any any lingering debates people might be having. Yeah, Cade McNamara is going to be out a few weeks because of the injury he got toward the end of the first half. It's when the line forgot to block and forgot that they were still playing a football game. So McNamara is going to be out for probably you know two, three, four weeks, something like that. Uh, so that is just going to give McCarthy more time to lock that in. But again, when you talk about different players and and different uh, different sides of the ball, the defense held Connecticut to uh, less than 100 yards of offense. <laughs> Turner was four of 16 for 17 yards. The defense looked great. Uh, overall, and again, you you that was one of the question marks people had. And again, this is against a UConn team that's not great. So, you know, cautious optimism for how that's going to go. Uh, the flip side to that is a team that uh, unfortunately couldn't pull one out was Purdue, lost the game at the Dome against Syracuse, 32-29. But in the process of doing that, you saw some guys have some pretty good games. And uh, for Purdue, I mean, they're uh, their quarterback had a pretty darn good game with the way that, that he ended up showing up in this one for them. And when you look at a guy who is trying to establish himself, Aiden O'Connell had uh, had a pretty solid effort out there, even in the losing effort. But still, I mean, 17-19, 211 yards and four touchdowns, it's not too bad. How about Northern Illinois beating Vanderbilt? Sorry, I'm skipping all over the place. No, you're I'm good. Ahead. Right now in the old MSU quarterback rocky lombardi and leading the charge tell oh, you what man. rocky lombardi is a guy that we saw play at michigan state i've seen him play at northern illinois a little bit now i've been watching uh what's going on with with mac football being a cmu guy uh but yeah he's he's one of those guys that wasn't good enough when he was starting at michigan state and he's developed into a pretty solid quarterback and i've been trying to dog him and i can't because the good dude just gets stuff done and again, again, Vanderbilt and not a great team either, but NIU doing a good job and, and getting the chance to host a team like Vanderbilt is kind of a cool thing for a program like NIU out in the middle of nowhere in DeKalb, Illinois. I got I got three players I want to bring up from the Big Ten. Let's go. All right. Uh, one, I want to talk – we've been on this MSU game. I hate to say it because, you know, I'm a Michigan guy, but, yep. like, why do I feel like MSU and Washington's like, the best game – Tonight, week. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just to watch. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there are no good matchups this week, right? But anyhow, the guy that I got my eye on is Jacoby Windham. Mm-hmm. Wind, Windman. Jeez, I can't. <laughs> Windman. Feel like cool running. Yeah. So. But uh, have you seen how this guy's been playing the first couple games? The first game, mm-hmm. he absolutely tore it up. Well, yeah. But he, he's he's got twelve tackles, six and a half for a loss, five and a half sacks through right. two games. And and admittedly, four of those were against Western Michigan, but still, he's got yeah, a sack and a half. I'm just in the saying, last game. he's gonna be a big piece of how this game goes tonight as well. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely gonna have my eye on him. Former, uh, where did he transfer from? That is an excellent question. We're gonna have to dig into <laughs> that. Me. one. I think cause... he was in. Uh, was it Las Vegas or something like that? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I think yeah, he's a UNLV guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> another guy I've got my eye on, man, and I don't know if mm-hmm. I brought this up last time, but you know how we were debating on who had the better wide receivers, this and that? Right, so I've got the better ones, yeah. You think so? No, I'm just messing with you. The first wide receiver off the board might not even be the best wide receiver on his own team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have talked about how the ninja is uh, is looking like he's lost a few steps. Dude, Marvin Harrison Jr., which, if you've heard that name, there's a reason. Yeah. He is playing very, very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got 
I don't know, 10 to 15 grabs so far this year, like 250 yards and a, a f- several touchdowns. Yeah. He's he's playing very well. Neither mm-hmm. one of us had taken him when we did our little uh, mock, if you will. Right. And, and Jackson's been, you know, kind of dealing with some little nagging injuries here and there, so it's given Harrison a chance to step up. But he's basically averaging 20 yards a catch and three touchdowns. So it's a pretty good start. Pretty good yes. start. And, again, like we've talked about, Ohio State, they had the game against Notre Dame, which – might not have been such a top five matchup as we thought, you know, going into the season. Uh, but again, they've had two games where they haven't had to prove themselves too much, I suppose. Uh, and they won't get a test at the rate they're going. They won't get a test until Michigan State because they got Toledo, Wisconsin, and Rutgers, and Wisconsin couldn't even get by Washington State last weekend. So it might be Michigan State before uh, Ohio State's really challenged too much. And in the meantime, Marvin Harrison Jr. can just go off. Yep. Yeah. And the third and final player I want to talk about. I want to talk about these Terrapins real quick. Mm-hmm. Man, baby Tagovailoa, man, this guy—he's—he's <laughs> he's playing very well. Baby T, he's, yeah, he's got like eighty percent completion percentage, mm-hmm. throwing for about seven hundred yards, and he's only got about four touchdowns. I'm not exactly thrilled. He's—he's he's turned the ball over a couple times as yeah. well, but he's playing well out there. He's semi making the Terrapins relevant. I don't know. Well, That's and a again, statement. Well, They're again, really Buffalo relevant, and Charlotte. Charlotte might be one of the worst teams in uh, Division One right now. And then Buffalo's also looked pretty shabby because I'm pretty sure they just lost to an FCS school last week too. So, again, that's one of those early returns looking good for him. He's had a chance to start a few seasons now, and so this is when he should be coming into his own. But their big test, Maryland, they've got SMU this week, but then it's Michigan-Michigan State back-to-back. So you'll know a lot about where Maryland is at after those two games. And that kind of wraps up the Big Ten for us. Looking at uh, other just the independents and the other bits and pieces of – college football and some of the, the smaller conferences uh again you know there's there's a lot of love from last week with the Sun Belt and what they were able to pull off and so you know we'll definitely be digging into some players from some of those teams as they go forward Coastal Carolina is off to another good start to their season but uh, Central Michigan had uh, finally got a win today after playing Bucknell and it <laughs> took them a half to get rolling but out but again, it took them a half to get rolling. It was seven nothing at halftime. They won forty one nothing. So hey, and that's what you expect out of out of these programs in these games. Like really, you should be winning games against teams that you pay to come in and play. And the the, the same goes for those schools when they go out there. Like Central goes out to play uh, Oklahoma State, hangs with them for a little bit, but ultimately loses because that's what they're getting paid to go out there and do. But that's where it gets fun because then you have teams like uh, Western Kentucky that put a scare into Indiana today and only lost 33-30 in overtime. You know, it's fun to watch those programs go out there and play against the the bigger ones and see whether or not they can hang on. And again, last week Sunbelt did that a few different times. So, that's that's fun for me and then again, the independents right now, we already talked about most of them. That's you're looking at uh, BYU and Notre Dame and then everybody else is kind of not not worth too much of a conversation just yet. Liberty has to show a lot more before I'm going to give them a ton of love this year and start digging into who they've got coming at them. So that pretty much covers it for me. Anything else you want to touch on when it comes to the college football world right now? Yeah, I don't think so. I think we can slide over to the NFL realm. That's a wise choice. Let's rock and roll. What's standing out to you for the NFL this season? I'm, today, well, this, this I'm just going to kind of go through each division and you know t- touch on rock relevant and roll. things to me. We'll stick with our trend here, the AFC North. I got to start, you know, same pattern. I'm going to stick with the Bengals here. Um, it's interesting. This would have been a huge game for the Bengals, so I can go ahead and cross off on talking about the Cowboys later because <laughs> this is the Bengals-Cowboys game. We can the double Dak, up. It's fine. The Dak Prescott thing is going to hurt. Rush. Yeah, we'll get to see a little fire-up chip action here. The new Red Rocket. Facts. Um, but, yeah, I, th- this would I had this game circled as being a huge game. I don't know that it's going to be all that anymore, mm-hmm. but there are still some things I'm curious to see, man. Burrow's still running for his life. Yeah. That new old line. Supposed to be good. It's, yeah. It Not was yet. supposed to be good. We'll see. Uh, Burrow I, turned the ball over five times or something like that in mm-hmm. game one. Um, obviously, we know Jamar Chase is just Jamar Chase. He's, he's playing fantastic mm-hmm. either way. But I don't know. I mean, there's several good players on this team, obviously. They had gone to the Super Bowl last year. But for me, I, I just want to watch that old line for the Bengals see what's going on there mm-hmm. um now that the game isn't you know is what it should have been right and then i guess on the cowboy side of the ball just jump in there i know you mentioned uh cooper rush got to see that but mm-hmm. for 
for me on that side of the ball, I just I'm thinking more along the lines of fantasy football purposes. Sure. How is this going to impact the success and or the development for actual, you know, what we're talking about on the show of mm-hmm. younger players, you know, like your CD Lambs right. and Dalton Schultz. and It's one of those things where like, it's like it might make them better because they're not going to be able to just get as maybe tidy of passes or as easy of completions or whatever. But, yeah, it also means that they're going to have to try a little bit harder maybe to make everything happen. And, again, we're, might, we're not going to keep rush. You might see some but, of the defensive studs step up, right. too. You might see – a lot coming out of you know the Micah Parsons and maybe in the leading Van Der Esch. you might see those guys take yeah. on a I don't know a bigger responsibility if you will there's more on the right. shoulders now well that's where it gets fun too is like as a defense you're starting to press and maybe you know try too hard if you will but uh sticking with the AFC North that means the Cleveland Browns hosting the New York Jets and again Cleveland should be able to win this game they should be able to start the season 2-0 uh, we should be able to see what's going on if Jacoby Brissett can keep getting the ball out there down in people's Jones who you just picked up in our fantasy league. I did. I had a free spot. Why yep. not? Exactly. And then the the big thing for New York is what's the timeshare going to look like for the running backs? Uh, is Wilson going to step up a little more in the passing game uh, until the other Wilson gets back? And it's just one of those games where the Browns are probably cautiously optimistic that they can win this game. Uh, which would be their first 2-0 start since 1993, by the way, just to put it in perspective for Cleveland's challenges that they've had. But uh, so far, they're they're looking like what people would expect them to be without uh, without Watson in there to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's Brissett throwing the ball a little bit, but not for a whole lot of yardage, and the boys running the ball. And that's Chubb and, and Hunt, and that's going to kind of be what they do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock out another team in this division and uh... – Double up with uh, the Patriots. I'm going to talk about the Steelers-Patriots match. Right All right. Um, I'll start with the Steelers. Seems last division, we, the division we kind of started sure. out in here. Um, man, I it's it's tough, <laughs> isn't it? Like, if you're the Steelers, you know, at what at what point do you, you know, you you snuck out a win somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, I know how you got the win because <laughs> they didn't challenge the dang touchdown where the yep. Bengals would have won. Mm-hmm. But, like, okay, the Steelers won the game. They're 1-0, right. right? They'll probably even beat the, the Patriots because this is a bad Patriots team right now. And this is two teams that have a lot of questions more than but answers like, right now. Kenny Pickett's already 35 years old. I mean, at some <laughs> point you drafted this guy in the first round. I mean, they're going to tr- stick with Trubisky. I yep. get it because they're 1-0, but mm-hmm. – I don't know. I just feel like time's ticking. You got to switch over to him. But what a outside of that, like for the Steelers, what a major blow it is losing T.J. Watt with that mm-hmm. torn pack. I mean, I know Najee says he's playing, but either way, he's had this weird foot list Frank sprain all right. off season. After that first game, he was in a walking boot. He didn't look great I either. Just, yeah, I just don't know. It, they're going through a lot in Pittsburgh, and then mm-hmm. probably even more in New England. Mac Jones with his back, Oof. he's throwing, but he, he says he's ready. X-rays and this and, and none of those wide receivers can get separation downfield. Right. I did think Jacoby Myers looked good, like moving around the slot and the short range stuff. And obviously they can run the ball, but this defense is bad. It's rough. I don't know. It's gonna be a rough game to watch. Yeah, well, long. Hopefully, the weather isn't as bad as it was for like Chicago last week. But again, you know, when you're when you're leading rusher through one game is Chase Claypool as Pittsburgh. That's not exactly a a really strong signal that you're headed in the right direction. But this is gonna be one of those games where there's two teams that people think should be good because they've been good for so long, but they're not this year. And it's crazy. Best. I, I kind of want to talk. You know, I need to switch my mindset and talk about how these teams are currently building or rebuilding or sustaining or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I really just feel like the Patriots organization is getting exposed for not actually being great at drafting at all. Right. They can coach the hell out of the players they have, right. I guess, but they, they're not good at building a team or sustaining mm-hmm. that team. And I, yeah, I, I don't know switch if... into like thinking in those terms. I think that's right. why I was talking about Pittsburgh getting Kenny Pickett in there so they can see what the <laughs> – Mitchell right. Trubisky's not their future. No, but you don't And necessarily... they're not playing – they're not competing for – you know, a deep playoff run. They're not, well, in their minds, they are, for playoff. Oh, my goodness. you got to remember, no no team walks into their NFL season exactly. saying, you know what, we're going to try to be below average this year, guys. That's fair. So, and that's and it's early. Again, you know, the, the we talked about with NFL versus college. In college, you know, style points matter or whatever. In the NFL, a win's a win. It doesn't matter how big, small, ugly, pretty it is. So, we've seen ugly teams make the playoffs before and then do something. So, that kind of wraps it up for, for that game. But then Baltimore's playing Miami, so uh, I'm going to give you a chance to chime in as we go 
uh, finish off the, yeah. the North, and Baltimore's hosting them, so that's a good thing for them. But Baltimore's quarterback question of whether or not they're going to pay the man looks like it's going to wait till next year. So that's, uh, I guess, good in the sense that distractions might be gone in some respect, but I'm sure people are still going to bring that stuff up. Lamar Jackson looked all right in his first game, uh, but their real question mark right now is who's going to run the ball because Kenyon Drake was their leading rusher with 31 yards. And that's their big question mark on offense. Who's going to run the ball? I mean, Rashad Bateman looked all right catching the ball, which was nice to see uh, You know the, that they actually threw the ball a little bit. But overall, I mean, Marcus Williams had a great game, 12 tackles out there in their first week. That's nice to see. It's nice to see the Baltimore defense being the Baltimore defense. But at the same time, it's also, what are you going to do? And it was the Jets. So a team like Miami that seems like they're moving forward and at least a few notches above the Jets, that's going to be an opportunity for both teams to kind of put a statement out there, depending who can come out with, with away with the win this one. Yeah, on the Miami side of the ball, it's curious. I mean, I do think that Tua has taken a step forward. Mm-hmm. It's a big prove-it year for him. He's Needed. got no excuses with, with the weapons he has. We've said that right. a million times. You know, week one, he, he, he had an okay game against New England. I mean, they went out there and – they handled New England very well, beat them by 13. Yep. But I guess for me, I just was looking for a little more from two, like one touchdown. I, I mean, a win's a win. Mm-hmm. He led the win. It is what it is. But I'm looking for more from Tua because, let's be honest, this team just flat out does not have a running back. <laughs> right. I, know if, I mean, I'm not trying to like, – I, have I a watched bunch the of game. Guys. It's bad. Their wide receivers are, had more yards per carry than any of their running backs. Right. So it was rough. But now you get into the wide receiver things, and Tyreek Hill is a monster, and I, that's an awesome trade for them. But, man, I, and Waddle, it's not like he just disappeared. No. I mean, he was the one who actually got a touchdown. He had four grabs for 70 yards. Right. So, But it, it's curious to me. Just to, I want to see him keep some of those younger future building blocks involved for sure. I mean, they've already kind of phased Mike Gesicki out, who's mm-hmm. a young guy that you know I'm a fan of. But You're still waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it might not be there. Maybe he's on the move. But I'll say this as well. Defensively, they got some young mm-hmm. players, you know, Brandon Jones, the third-year player out of Texas playing well. Um, Raquan Davis, uh, third another third-year player out of Bama. He was playing well. But Jones had 11 total tackles. Uh, Jerome Baker. He played. He played solid. You know, he's a guy they made a move for. And then obviously Wilkins. I mean, it, Wilkins just cracks me up. He's a four-year player out of, mm-hmm. of Clemson. There, it's it's just fun to watch him play because he's on the interior D line, but he somehow always manages to get like four, five, six tackles sure. every week. And he had he had a he had a good week for a week one there. But they've got some decent building blocks there. And then you know the best player on that defense arguably would be Javon Holland and. Mm-hmm. Javon Holland, he he had he had a great game. He's the one that created the turnover for him, and I don't know. They got some pieces. So I'm right. saying, I just want to see two a step up, and they need they need a running back of some sort. Maybe they draft a John Robinson. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, right. uh, gotta be careful grabbing those Texas running backs. Uh, Houston at Denver as we go to the AFC South, and Get that's one of those. Denver. <laughs> that's one of those weird games because Houston. I mean. They're gonna do what they can. They, you know, they got the loss in their first. They got the tie rather in their first game against Indianapolis, where they sort of managed to uh, to take a win from the the tie from the jaws of a win or something along those lines. Point is, Houston kept doing Houston things. The only real question mark for them is who's gonna be the running back. And it was Rex Burkhead in the first game, but now Lovey's standing here talking about how he wants to get the rookie more involved. Damian Pierce had 11 carries, but he only did. 33 yards worth of damage with them. So the real question mark for them is how they're going to continue to try to piece that offense together. Now, the the defense obviously played okay because they managed to hold Indianapolis to 20 points, but Houston's still not a team that we're expecting a ton out of this year. The team we were expecting more out of was uh, was the Broncos, and the Broncos laid a mile-high egg on Monday Night Football. They sure did. They sure did. It definitely affected my parlays, mm-hmm. some of my fantasy <laughs> things, this and that. Well, points yeah. to their new head coach owning the fact that he should have done something different uh, at the end of the game. That's a good way yeah. to to you know start things out. You just can't do it again now. You got to make better choices for them. They they should have been in a position to to win that game, and instead they left it to a sixty four yard field goal, and that's just that's just pushing it, man. And so. What they choose to do going forward, and how much Devontae Williams is going to be a receiver or a running back. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into here. Like, you know, like my biggest thing from that game, it was good. I mean, yeah, Cortland Sutton's healthy. Um, 
then Jerry Judy's her, then Judy's mm-hmm. healthy, then Sutton's her, however you want to look at it. You know, it's mm-hmm. actually got that backwards because Sutton was hurt first. But they finally got both those wide receivers, even though Javante Williams looks to be their leading wide receiver <laughs> from what we've seen in week one. Um, I just want to see all that plays now that they've actually got a really good quarterback in Russell Wilson there. Right. Um, but other than that, most of their key young players they have that I haven't mentioned, because obviously Williams and mm-hmm. Sutton and Judy – but it's all on the defensive side of the ball, and their their defensive players are are playing well. I mean, and they've Sir, got Sir Davis Tain's Mills good, and Chubb's good. I mean, what's that? I'm saying they're going up against Davis Mills. Tomorrow. Chubb's going to have himself a day against Davis Mills, and then you got you know I got to give love to my boy Justin Simmons here, of course. Well, Boston College, come on, right? But yeah, I don't know. They're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but the offense has got to. They play better mm-hmm. with what they have. Some of these, some people pick the Broncos to go to the Super Bowl. Well, and again, that's you get a little stars in your eyes when Russell Wilson shows up, right? But yeah. the other game for the AFC South is Indianapolis at Jacksonville. So that's sort of the uh, replay of the end of last season when Indianapolis, you know, laid their own egg, so to speak, with Carson Wentz not able to get them over the hump into the playoffs. But again, Jacksonville still does not look great, and. Uh, you can talk a little more about Trevor and those boys, but it does seem like the Colts have got some questions as well after that first week. I mean, they did okay, but they did not obviously complete the game because they ended up with a tie against Houston, a team that is not good and definitely is going to give Indianapolis some soul-searching. Matt Ryan looked decent, all things considered. Just Jonathan Taylor did Jonathan Taylor things, but you know overall they couldn't close things out, and now their top wide receiver from that game, Michael Pittman, won't be playing. So that's a question mark of who's going to step up into that spot as well. Yeah, for Jacksonville, you know, obviously the big thing is, and I don't need to go super deep into this. Everybody knows we got to see more from Trevor Lawrence. Yep. He he's just, and I'm going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth with this because I'm <laughs> saying you got to see more for Trevor Lawrence, but at the same time, you know, Jacksonville hasn't really gone out and used the draft process to build their team. But I mean, they've got a few players they brought in trade free agency, right. whatever. But, you know, Christian Kirk played great. Zay yep. Jones played great. Uh, Marvin Jones got in there and played pretty solid, too. But, I mean, from the receiving side of things, players that are going through different avenues to acquire mm-hmm. is working pretty well. But my my main thing with Jacksonville is, is I feel like over the past few draft classes, they've taken a lot, I mean, a lot of players that I have I liked. I mean, I wouldn't have taken Trevon Walker first, but I like him a lot. Devin Lloyd, you know, Chad Muma, and obviously Lawrence. You get Muma every time, are you? Every time. And I still can't figure out why they moved down from C.J. Henderson, but you mm-hmm. got other guys like Josh Allen and whatnot. They've got – I don't know why they moved down from Miles Jack either. <laughs> <clears throat> but – or even LaVisca Chanel. I guess I understand them a little bit. What I'm getting <laughs> at, though, is the players that they still have, the young players that they've gone out through the draft and drafted, like – you just want to see more from all of them, right. don't you? Yeah. And the only one you keep seeing it from is <laughs> James Robinson, who is undrafted, tore his Achilles, and you can't tell. A little unloved as well, it yeah. seems like. And that's just that's kind of the, the, the humor of the the situation when you see a guy like him who had a great rookie season, and then they draft a running back, and they had a good second year, and then they keep pushing things away from him. But he's he's just shows up to work, gets the job done. The other game in the South is part of the odd double header that ESPN is and ABC are doing for Monday Night Football. They got a game at seven fifteen and a game at eight thirty. I'm not sure what the plan is with that, but I guess they're thinking we have two channels. Let's do two games. So Tennessee is playing in Buffalo. Yeah, in Tennessee, I mean, man, everybody knows how I feel about the AJ Brown. Like we're talking about two teams that are moving on from players. What I think is a little too mm-hmm. early, but. Um, I'm just going to keep riding this wide receiver train because of the A.J. Brown move. All mm-hmm. I really want to watch and pay attention to is how uh, Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips look because, sure. let's be honest, I mean, you you moved on from A.J. <laughs> Brown and we saw what A.J. Brown did. So yeah. I'm going to continue to see if those two can continue to be very much involved and impressed in week two. Uh, I'm going to leave it right there. That's my primary focus right now with this team. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I just gotta see because I gotta. Sure. In my mind, I have to rationalize how why you moved on from AJ Brown. Right, and again, the, the good start from Kyle Phillips probably more so than people were expecting out of 
Traylon Burks, but uh, good stuff in the right direction for him in his first game. And the real question for them is, you know, do they do they lean more in the passing game, or is it just going to mostly be a lot of Derrick Henry? And Henry did all right in his first game. Uh, again, they lost to the Giants, so I don't know if you're going to say anything was all right, but they're they're going into a much stiffer challenge now against a Buffalo defense that looked very good against the defending champion Rams. And so question marks right there. You'll learn a lot more about the Tennessee offense and where they're at after this week. And I think you're going to learn a little more about Buffalo and if they can stand up to scrutiny as a team that people are expecting to win games now. Because I think they're at that spot where Buffalo is going to be the favorite in most of the football games they're playing this year. So are they going to be in a position to do that? Gabe Davis had a good first game. Can he duplicate that? Obviously, Stephon Diggs did what he does. And what are they going to do in the running game? Because you still have Josh Allen getting you know 40% of your carries right now as a quarterback slash running back. And that's not something I think they want to have too much going forward. I mean, when your your best player touches the ball 41 times in a game, that's a good thing. But when your quarterback's running the ball for more yards than anybody else, that always makes me a little nervous that he's one you know weird hit away from uh, having some problems. Yeah, I'm with you there. Are we ready to take it out to the last team I'm going to talk about in the AFC here? Let's go. I'm going to touch on the Raiders. This is going to be a super short take there here. There it is. Do you know why? Why is that? Shame. It's a shame to say this, but, mm-hmm. man. No, they don't have any, like, recent picks that have really worked out at all. So, I'll, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's smart of them to just move some picks and get Adams. But Sure. Let's just see if Carr and Adams can share the love, if right. you will, because, man, those two just zero in on each other. Darren Waller's still a hell of a player there. I mean, yeah, but, Hunter Renfro um, had a bunch of targets last year when yeah. guys were, I just, were out. I just want to watch this team and see if they can become more balanced instead sure. of it just car targeting Adams like it's they're playing a game of Madden. Right, exactly. And but going, there's no young players to really talk about there. A lot no. of them just have not worked out. No, going uh, going against Arizona, a team that got lit up by Kansas City, who we'll talk about in a minute. That is one of those situations where it's an opportunity for you to to step up and do something as as where the Raiders are at. They can show something potentially on offense today, or not today, tomorrow, and uh, show up and see what they can do from a, a standpoint of getting some of those other guys involved in your offense. And if you're going to do it, it's against a defense that looked pretty beatable against Kansas City. And that's also because the offense didn't do a ton. And, I mean, James Conner had 10 carries with only 26 yards. You know, Benjamin had 28 yards on four. And, again, it was Kyler Murray that had the most rushing yards on the team, so it's another one of those situations. For them, the big question is who's going to catch passes. Right now, Greg Dortch had seven catches in the first game. Which Dortch. Tell me if you had that in your uh, little you know no. fantasy book for what's going no. on. So he's a second-year player that could step up into the gap that's been created because uh, I'm fairly confident Marquise Brown isn't playing in the game tomorrow either. And so if you're going to – you know, be pulling him out of the Moore's game. Moore's out too, yeah. Oh, sorry, Moore's out, not Brown, sorry. Moore's out, not Brown. But that does mean that you've got A.J. Green, by the way, who's still playing football, just in case anyone remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, Isabella, and then Brown and Dorch are your wide receivers. And so who's going to step up for that team against a potentially, you know, beatable Raiders side? The other game from the West, and we'll wrap up the AFC, was this Thursday, Los Angeles, Kansas City. I think a lot of people had that pegged as like the game of the year early on in the year, and and it lived up to it for the most part. I mean, it was a three point game. A in the lot final of Super Bowl picks between those two yep. teams. I think I made my two Super Bowl picks before the season. I thought it was going to be Chargers and Bucks. There you go. Whoops. We'll see. It yeah. still could be. It still could be. That's part of the fun of the, of the early part of the season. So again, Kansas City came away with a three point win, although that game kind of felt like it was a little bit more decided after the ninety nine yard pick six by the rookie who stepped up into that spot and made that happen. And good for him. It's always a good sign when you see a guy you know, be able to, to pop in and do something uh, like that as, as a rookie, as somebody who's not seen a ton of, ton of time. And uh, Jalen Watson, a seventh-round draft pick from Washington State, just able to take that ball and go all the way back to the house, 99 yards, is, is something he's going to remember for the rest of his life. And uh, that obviously worked out really well for Kansas City in that game, and that gave them the breathing room they needed. But their defense looked solid, and their defense made Justin Herbert pay for what he was doing out there against uh, against Kansas City. And so he's – yeah, you had to do that, didn't you? You just wanted to crack open a can and then spill beer all over the table. This is what happens when you do a live show, everybody. Sometimes the beers get a little more excited than we do. Yeah. 
wasn't really prepared to shotgun a beer there. Whoops. <laughs> but yeah, to wrap things up, Justin Herbert, question mark, well, he's going to be healthy with those ribs. Uh, so that's a huge question for them going forward. But uh, looking at that game, again, Kansas City did what we expected Kansas City to do. They got the win over L.A. That puts them in the driver's seat for the, in the conference and for the division. And uh, it'll be fun to see what happens going the rest of the season, although I am slightly annoyed because, thank you, because uh, Mike Williams had a really good game, and you're playing me in fantasy this week, you jerk. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, like NFC, there. right? Let's go ahead and rip through these NFC games, and let's start with the North, and let's start with the Detroit Lions. Welcome to Detroit City. Detroit City, first home game of the season. Man, Here's to Rodrigo. Hoping. Rodrigo shows out. Say. PF, I you know, I, every time I tell this story, I, I give you a different number. I honestly mm-hmm. don't know where PFF ranked him, but what I do know is PFF loved this guy. The first yep. time I said it, he's the fifth player. Then I said he was the third. I don't. He keeps going <laughs> up. Okay, I'm he's excited. the best to ever play the game. Yes, but Detroit, I'm just so stoked. Brad Holmes and Dan right. Campbell doing a great job. A lot of young. They're one of the youngest rosters in the team, yep. and they're one. Aside from them being my hometown team, it's one of the funnest ones to talk about just for what we do on the show here because you get to see the draft process right. and you get to see them bring these guys in and they're contributing from day one because our roster is so darn bad. Yep. But it's just cool because you got six-round picks. like, And I, we keep calling him Rodrigo. It's right. Rodriguez. But right. um, he's just everybody's coming and playing great. I mean, I, I will say that Hutchinson, you know, I don't think he was – he played. He got some pressures back there, but mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I don't think he was truly ready to play like the league's leading rushing quarterback from the no. last year, and didn't realize exactly how was. mobile Hurts uh, was. Yeah. So he he looked like he over pursued quite a bit, if you will. Mm-hmm. But long story short, there's lots of young players on this team contributing. I mean, they're all over. The Hawkinson's still young. Mm-hmm. Swift's still young. The entire O line still young. Right. The whole defensive line's young. Talked about Rodrigo, the the, the defensive backs. You know, you right. finally got Akuda back. It's just, it's exciting. I'll yeah. just say that. It's. I don't have huge expectations for them winning a lot of games or anything, but it's just exciting. They're a prime example mm-hmm. of following the off-season draft process and then getting to see the players on the field and seeing if you were right instead of sitting and waiting because the roster's are very good. Right, yeah, yeah. that's – that's something you like to see that script get flipped a bit for the Lions. And going up against the Commanders here for the first game uh, at the home this year. And you talk about young guys. You know who's only in his third season is Antonio Gibson. And he's a guy who's been kind of, right? He's your guy on your team, but he's also a guy that's kind of been overlooked. He's also a guy coming like up out. I was just like, man, this is a huge wide receiver. Oh, wait, they're going to play him at running back. That right. makes sense. I was like, I'm going to follow this guy. <laughs> and it's now taken three years, but it looks like they figured out, oh, wait, we can play him both. And so far, I mean, he had 14 carries, but he had seven catches for 72 yards. And so he's another guy that uh, Detroit's going to have to keep their eye on this week. Washington, they beat Jacksonville. They didn't look good beating Jacksonville because Carson Wentz looked average, but, you know, he still threw for 300 yards. And it's funny that Carson Wentz can throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. People still kind of go like, but really, though? Because he had two picks. Real because quick, Dan. That's what Carson Wentz does. Real quick, uh-huh. you were absolutely right on the Golden Gophers just tearing apart the Buffaloes. Okay, well, yeah, that's halftime. So. It's thirty-five to a goose egg. <laughs> Colorado, uh, I love me some buffs. You know, see you up there, but they're just in rough shape right now. That is a team that is a few seasons away from being a few seasons away from competing right now. So moving on, another team in the North, Minnesota playing at Philadelphia. That's the other game in that the weird other Monday night game. Yeah, right. They're doing it on Monday night, and Philly. Obviously, we got a chance to see them against uh, against Detroit, but Minnesota. How about Minnesota showing up and absolutely stumping Green Bay all hey, the way hey, around? Do you remember what we did on this podcast when we were going through kind of picking like the winners, this and that? Yeah. I don't remember if you agreed with me, but remember when I was – I know I picked Minnesota to win this division and make the play. Yep. I mean, we're both on board with that, obviously, because anything yeah. bad that happens to Green Bay, we're generally just, in favor you know, of. If I just run through real quick, like I feel like Minnesota just – they draft well. Well, I mean, yeah. Justin Jefferson would agree. Boy, Justin Jefferson counts as like five great draft picks all in one. Right. But and again, just, the second year player looking really huge. good players, man. Yeah. Again, Dalvin Cook is playing well. Kirk Cousins was not a draft pick, but it, it, once again, a guy that people are just like, 
why is he playing for this team? And then he goes out and plays halfway decent. That's a Husky. That's a Husky coming right down the stairs right there. That's what you get when you got uh, nice hardwoodish floors and uh, Huskies nails going on it. But mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks played well. So, yeah, Minnesota definitely, I, I mean, they're – they're on the road in this game, so that is the question mark. And I'm sure Minnesota watched the tape from the Detroit game last week, and they're going to say, okay, Jordan Hicks, maybe maybe stop Jalen Hurts at some point. That would be a great idea. It would have been helpful. Yep. And so I can, see, I can see this going a little bit differently for Philadelphia in this game because I do think Minnesota's defense Minnesota's going to win. Yeah. Minnesota's defense is better than Detroit's defense right now. They're they're more experienced. They got a lot. They got a lot going for them. And so, looking at where that team's at, I mean, I don't think. Not saying they wouldn't get two. They're not going to get two hundred yards of rushing again like they did last week. But uh, Minnesota is in pretty good shape. You're just going to keep hearing Husky feet, man. That's what happens when we do these these shows live. You can't keep these guys uh, at bay for the whole time. So. We're going to move on to the other game in the NFC North, and that is Chicago at Green Bay. Can the Packers Boo. right the ship? No. Can the field implode? No, that, they tried to do that. Single Batman style. They tried that last week in Chicago. They tried it. <laughs> and yeah. All I got to say from a Green Bay perspective, I think Green Bay will dominate this game. Yeah, they're but, angry. Uh, um, with that being said, it does not look like last week like they should or would, but mm-hmm. there's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to play like that again, right? Well, Aaron Rodgers didn't play terrible. He just couldn't get the ball downfield, like, at all. Yeah, he doesn't have that chemistry with these wide receivers, but no. I think it's it's going to happen. Well, yeah, and again. You're going to see Dobbs and Watson. And, oh, my gosh, Watson with that 75-yard drop. It's, it's the inevitability of Aaron Rodgers, right? And, yeah, obviously the inevitability of your challenge that you have for Christian Watson being the better wide receiver this year. Uh, he got he got a couple catches. So again, when you look at the the, the young Not guys the for best, just one of the good ones, right? You got the the young guys for Green Bay at the wide receiver spot, and that's Dobbs and Watson. But AJ Dillon had the most yards receiving, and so AJ Dillon touched the, the ball Denver 16, plan. 15 times. Right, exactly. Touched the ball 15 times. That is not something I think Green Bay wants to be their their fundamental offensive focus going forward. But again, Aaron Rodgers right now just. Uh, didn't have a great game. The whole team just seemed out of sorts, and Aaron Rodgers is probably looking lovingly over at Jordan Jefferson for or Justin Jefferson for the uh, the Vikings and wondering why in the world can I not have that at wide receiver? Yeah, Chicago, uh, just try to stay out of your own way, guys, and see if you can string together two wins. I mean, hey, Justin Fields didn't look great. No one looked great. I'm not going to have a ton of notes on that first game and what's going to happen because it was just so We found out everybody can swim. Right, exactly. That's all you got. It was a mess. Nobody could move the football for anything. And so this is another week for them up in Green Bay to see if they can actually do something that resembles a football game. Uh, if we go to the south here, I'll go I'll s- slide over to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Man, this old line's in trouble, man. It's just like Dallas and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I mean – if it wasn't bad enough having pretty much the entire interior be brand new, then Smith right. left the game injured. I honestly don't even know at this point in time <laughs> if he's supposed to play. So basically, outside of Tristan Wirfs, this O-line is in rough shape. Look, I you picked know the up- only thing on the team that's in worse shape than the O-line? Hmm? The flipping wide receivers, man. Because <laughs> Nobody's getting hurt. practiced yet the entire week. Right. Like nobody, well, and Godwin's already out. Right. I think Evans is practicing. But yeah. Let's be honest. Like there's, but they didn't, nobody else. They didn't do Even a ton. Fournette has basically not practiced. Right. They didn't do a ton of preseason either. So this is a team that they're still in their preseason. It yeah, seems not like. quite as bad as the Rams. No. But so yeah. I, I, long story short, all I'm looking for the defense looks fantastic. Yeah. I'll say that the defense looks great. I just look for them to do the same thing. But for I'm sure. just going to be watching this game to see if the offense, what they can do. I feel for Tom Brady. Yeah, you could see them try to force Jameis into I mistakes. Just felt the whole world roll their eyes. Yep. You feel for Tom yeah. Brady. Like, <laughs> it's it's not hard to feel for him when you love the man so much, like uh, like you do. And that's why I picked up Pete Werner though in our fantasy league to go up against Tampa Bay because I feel like he'll have some opportunities to you know, get some tackles in that game. And, again, uh, I still think Tampa Bay finds a way to win this game, but I also am not confident in that because it is in New Orleans. New Orleans just managed to snatch a win away from an Atlanta team that I don't think is very good. Easy. <laughs> Atlanta's my next hot take here. Yeah, go ahead. Hot take away. Oh, it's not really hot take. Okay. I don't think they're going to win. But Atlanta's <laughs> my second favorite team this week. Because why? You look very confused. Yeah. Well, Stafford got a Super Bowl ring, so 
You know, I don't care about Stafford anymore. <laughs> we have the Rams first round pick. So I want okay, the Rams gotcha. to lose every single game. Right. Well, uh, if the Lions can get the first overall pick all while winning significantly more games than they did last year. That's great. <laughs> isn't it? It is great. Uh, so every team that plays the Rams for this entire season mm-hmm. will be my second favorite team. Well, one little hitch in that is Avery Williams is on the IR for the next four weeks, which means Tyler Algar will get some more carries, the rookie. Uh, mm-hmm. For Atlanta, but it also means that they're down a wide receiver, down a running back. Wide receivers looking okay because yeah, Rank London had a decent Patterson game. Patterson and right. Williams and yeah, well, Williams is the guy who's out, so yeah. so that'll be a question mark for them and see what happens uh, for that team. Atlanta's probably not going to get by LA, but again, I'm very much on board with LA having an average at best season. You know what I'll well. say about this for Atlanta for the young players? I want to see Drake London, you know, be involved again and. Right. You know, just continue to watch. I mean, they actually looked pretty good. I can't deny mm-hmm. it. And everybody knows my love for Marcus Mariota. I look for him sure. to do that. Even though Desmond Ritter time is going to come sooner than later. Right. I think that's that's a At the end of the day, Atlanta's, yeah, Atlanta's another team that just needs to kind of get some wins, get some Kyle optimistic pieces. Yeah. He was not involved in week one. No, and that's going to be something for, for Atlanta to look at. And A.J. Terrell versus Cooper Cup, that will be fun. Yes. Oh, and then I forgot. Yeah, I wasn't even talking about the Rams side. You know why? Because they're going to lose. <laughs> no point. Well, I mean, right now they need somebody other than Cooper Cup to step up. Yeah, Robinson's so. got to get involved on that side. And they got to figure out. I'm starting to think that he's not that good yeah, anymore. He's probably washed. Yeah. It, it, you know what's crazy? It feels like he's been in the league for like 20 years. Right. And he's probably only like 30. Right. He's just had he so came many. in when he was 12 years old. Right. And he's had so many things, you know, not go his way from quarterbacking standpoint, stuff like that. So we'll see what come continues to go on there for L.A., but as far as... Maybe uh, they'll have a hangover from getting just beat by Buffalo. <laughs> and do Either that or they're going to be angry about that one. Uh, another team that's probably a little angry with how their game finished out as we wrap up the South is Carolina as they're playing at the Giants, who are somehow 1-0. They managed to squeak out the win. Somehow? You know, I got the Giants here to talk about, too. All I'll say about that is Saquon Barkley's back. Yes. Saquon's where the, the heck is Kadarius Tony? I mean, <laughs> would you need Tony when you got Saquon? I guess not, right? But I don't know if that plan's sustainable. But no. that's how they're one and all. Go yeah. ahead. And uh, and that's the the flip side to that is uh, Christian McCaffrey is not back yet. He played a little bit. He played okay, but uh, ten carries, thirty three yards is not what he was hoping for my out boy, of that game. My boy Daniel Bellinger just is MIA too. That's not a good start for At you. At least Tony made like a brief appearance, right. and I think he went to hang out with Bellinger. Right, and who you decided to have at tight end until you decided to grab Taysom Hill instead. Which is just sounds it's, really weird. Yeah, it does. There's because a reason I for that. did the full punt on tight end. You and did indeed. Now there's nothing left. We'll see what happens. Now but I have a quarterback <laughs> playing tight end. Pretty much, you have a you have a utility guy playing tight end. Yeah. And again, the the big question for uh, for Carolina outside of Baker Mayfield is is Christian McCaffrey back on track, and that stands to be determined. The Giants are a good chance for Carolina to get right after the you know last second loss that they had to Cleveland. So. We'll definitely have to see what happens with the the NFC East now as we go up that way. We just I'm talked done about with the, the Giants. You done? The Giants and the Cowboys. I did them early. I'm good. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to take. We we already talked about Washington. I just want to make we sure we're covering covering all the bases, man. Is we're there anything the else? Anything else we want to talk about in the East? I know you don't like the East. No, I just want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and see what it's like to play on dry land and not <laughs> in a flipping swimming pool. <laughs> Which, of course, is funny because they're actually at home, yes. where it's closer to the water. Yeah, but I just want to see what Trey Lance looks like actually starting for mm-hmm. the team and not playing in a swimming pool. Right. That's literally all that's well, what I have. And, and that's interesting because Seattle. You see who's going to be the running back because, you know, right. Mitchell's out. Nobody knows what Shanahan's going to do at running exactly. back. He says he starts this guy, and then some guy that wasn't even on the <laughs> roster yesterday comes out and rushes for 200 yards. Yeah, maybe they give Debo more carries again. We'll see what happens there. That'll happen. Either way. Right. I'm just saying, like, some guy that's not on the roster today will lead the team tomorrow in rushing. Ray, Ray Ray McLeod? Sure. Right. He's actually on the team. But but that's the point. Is like, so the question mark for San Francisco outside of who's going to run the ball, too, is can they move the ball against the Seattle defense that looked pretty decent against Russell Wilson? We'll see. Yeah. And again, I, I don't I don't Watch. see. I didn't even check the weather. It's going to be a monsoon <laughs> there, too. I don't see Seattle. Um, continuing the type of play they had and, and finding ways to squeak out wins every week uh, like they did last week. But I do see them being a little bit of a handful for San Francisco here and there on the defensive side. What I'm curious about is can Geno Smith continue to play well somehow 
and uh, will they will they continue to give uh, Penny You're not a chance this. to carry the ball? Is it is it rain? Is it like is it red? San Francisco, California. Yeah. Not only is there a ninety percent chance of rain, but there's a wind advisory. Well, check Santa Clara because they're actually playing San Francisco. I know, but it's just a little hop skip and a you drive say down the that. road. You 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 are in Michigan. Michigan weather likes to bounce around every five hours, and I'm sure there's other parts of the country that can attest to that as well. So, what does it say down in Santa Clara? Is it still going to be rainy? Is it still going to be windy? Even it's though it's not a 90% chance, but it's a 75% chance okay. of rain. I that's, don't see the that wind. Sounds rainy, but it's it sounds rainy. It's not going to be where Chicago is pumping water up from <laughs> a well under the ground onto the field. They just took the whole river and just sprayed the field with yes. it. Yeah. And this, yeah, so that one's going to be a fun one, especially if San Francisco can play a game that isn't in a monsoon, which will be helpful for my fantasy chances against you. And then Keep going down out. Other than that, out west, we've already talked about uh, the team that you want to lose every game, and yes. we've already talked about Arizona, who needs to figure some stuff out. So again, the West was supposed to be a really good division, and now there's a lot of question marks. So let's and, talk about beers. Right, exactly. And that's kind of where we're going to wrap up the NFL talk right now. We'll probably have more things to talk about come around Tuesday with that. We were going to be doing, we talked about doing the Oktoberfest thing. I don't want to force it, so we're going to have the Oktoberfest coming at you probably sometime uh, over the next couple weeks before Oktoberfest gets done. Maybe in a couple weekends, we'll get our Oktoberfest challenge out there. We're going to rack up six or seven beers, and we'll talk about the different kinds of, of ones and how uh, we feel like they rate. And one of those we're grabbing straight from Munich. So we're going to have a nice like control beer to go off of and see how everybody around here manages to stack up. But we had some beers in the golf course. So why don't you hop in on some of those? We made the ill-fated worst to first. We made the ill-fated decision of jumping into those beers uh, at like 9 a.m. So yeah, we wanted to see what it was like to tailgate again. Tell you, you what, that changed since college, man. It did. <laughs> um, I'll say the worst one, and uh, this is not biased because it's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't even know how to say the name of the brewery. You want to take this one on, Rheingeist? I mean, it's right there in front of you. Yeah, I just don't yeah, Rheingeist. It. Rheingeist. It's called Knowledge. It's an Imperial India Pale Ale. Um, Points, I, by the way, for the the one word name of every beer they have. I like that they've stuck yeah. with that as a as a theme. Thing. I do think that's pretty clever. Minus some few that. points for the beer, though, it was pretty average. Yeah, I literally gave it a middle of the road, like two point seven five right. rating. Um, Not bad. The only thing I'll say is it had decent amount of alcohol content in it, and I couldn't really tell. It was right. like eight and a half or something like that. Yeah, but, no complaints, um, but also nothing to cheer about. So no, like it was an IPA and like. You know, some of the notes you're supposed to get in it were like piney citrus and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was getting like these weird floral notes and right. did not enjoy it. Yeah, we both sat there at 275 on that one. Yeah, that that was the worst one that we tried. So <laughs> the next worst, uh, for me, I guess I'm doing this. This mm-hmm. isn't how you ranked them, but I guess you can just chime in. Oh, but, yeah. Um, this was one of the first ones I picked that I wanted to try. It was a peanut butter obsidian stout mm-hmm. by Deschutes Brewery out in Oregon. And I wasn't that impressed with that one, only because... I got zero peanut butter. That's my point. I wanted more. It, w- it was a fine beer on its own. Like, it tasted fine as a stout. Okay, but when you tell me it's going to be peanut butter, I better get peanut butter. This was like a plain oatmeal stout, which all, all things considered sure. is my favorite type of stout. Right. Don't doctor it up. Don't do anything. Just give me a nice, well-done oatmeal stout. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Sure. I love peanut butter, so I was all in on this. I'll tell you what I tasted. I tasted the plain oatmeal stout, mm-hmm. but there is this weird tart finish. Yeah. Where it was almost like 10% sour. Right, and it was, it was like a bit 90% odd. oatmeal stout and 10% mm-hmm. sour. I don't know. But if you tell me it's going to be peanut butter. I got no peanut butter. Put some peanut butter in there. That's kind of why I knocked it on the ratings because you it's told it. me it's peanut I butter. Gave, I gave it a two it. seven five, so it actually tied. So I no, I, I did a two two five for that one because I was annoyed. Yeah, so you took your anger out on the grade. I did because <laughs> well you're gonna tell I'm me there's to peanut sound butter. Like me more and more every day. I want peanut butter. That's that's terrifying. Um, other next? than that, I went to the one that you probably ranked the best, uh, okay. Beards Brewery, the Tree Blood. Again, I got some bias toward Beards Brewery. That's uh, we we do know the guy who owns that one. That's a uh, uh, roommate's cousin and a uh, friend of mine. And so I obviously appreciate what they do up there. But also, this is one of their signature beers that I was surprised we could still find because it is at the end of the, the season, if you will. It still tastes fine in a can, uh, but it's at the end of the season. And I got to drink a little bit of it last weekend up at the wedding that uh, I was shooting up there as the roommate got married. They've held back like a little, you know, one of those little small kegs yeah. 
for the wedding, and then I saw a can of it at Horrocks. I'm like, hey, let's go, and it is. I saw the can, and then you got stoked. Yes, yes I did. <laughs> Very stoked, because I so, thought, at first I thought someone ripped off their idea. I was like, wait, what? No, but it is it is beards and the brewery, and the thing about this one is it is a maple stout, and the reason why and it's I a got maple, the maple stout. I right. got like this roasty maple yep. and a stout, but the weird thing that I don't think is supposed to be in there is I got a weird red fruit flavor. Well, and that wouldn't completely surprise me, depending upon you know maybe how they went about that process. But the the reason why I like that then it's called Tree Blood is because instead of using water, they actually use sap from maple trees. Because sap, you know, people talk about maple syrup. Once you once you kind of boil it down, you get the syrup. But before you boil it down, the sap is almost the same consistency as water. Mm-hmm. So they use the sap to brew the beer instead of water, and that's why you get that nice kind of roasty, toasty tree type vibe going Huskies. on there. The Huskies are on the move. And I really like that one. I thought that was a four for me personally, but it was still it was it. a good beer. Three's good beer. a good grade. Yep. Um, then I'm just going to double these last two. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the last two here were both by Rogue. So we went back to Oregon again. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. The Shakespeare oatmeal stout was exactly like what I was saying. Yep. I look for in a Pleasing. stout as just a plain oatmeal stout. Yep. Did nothing good fancy, nothing overly done, mm-hmm. just good. pleasant. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. But I will say this, even though I gave them both the same grade, I did like this one better. So I, I messed up my own grade. Okay. The Rogal, the Dead and Dead. Well, you didn't give him the same grade. I did. No, you gave the Rogue a three five. The the Dead and Dead a three five. Yeah, isn't that what you I gave, gave it a three the other? two five? Yeah. Oh, look at that! Look at that! So I didn't mess it up. Yeah. I am better than I thought. Ah. So yeah, so the the top grade did was the Dead and Dead by Rogue, which was a fun um, one. It was awesome. It was surprising. It was just different. Mm-hmm. And like, different it wasn't is good like in this one case. of my favorite. It's just right. it was nothing like anything I've tasted in a while. It's a Bach. Mm-hmm. Um, 7.9%, but, like, I forget all the stuff that it said on the can, but, like, this, they used, like, these... They used whiskey, chip, like, whiskey, whiskey chips wood chips, basically. And stuff, yeah. And yeah. So I'm on I'm on board with that. Yeah, I don't know. It was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that one. I, out of all these, mm-hmm. highly recommend trying that one. Right. Rogue, you won the day. And a quick shout-out to the one we cracked open, uh, because I've got these beers left over from my buddy who went to Okinawa, and that's Sapporo, which is a one of the very standard Japanese beers. So if you like the lager style, like the Budweiser's, those types of, of Miller's and all that kind of Coors and all that, sweet. it's in that vein of beer. And Sapporo, Kirin Ichiban, and Asahi, we'll, we'll you know clear through those another day, but Sapporo is one of those one of those ones that's in that very much that vein over in Japan. But again, like you said, a little more of a sweet character to it rather than just the standard you know lager piece there. I think that pretty much wraps us up for today, though. Anything else you want to chip in? Maybe catch some more of these games before they wrap up on our preview show? I want to get back to watching some football. Let's go. All right, let's wrap it up. Hey, we will catch you on Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere in that with the week as we get into the recap of all the craziness that happened with this week and this weekend's games here on Draft Guys.